Hello, 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 my beautiful, perfect, amazing, stunning, iconic, dancing unicorn butterfly fairies. Welcome back to AG University Podcast. It is I, your host and your professor at Anna Grace Newell on all major platforms and at AG University Podcast on Instagram now as well. If you're interested in learning more about angel readings and Akashic Records, all that information is posted on Instagram as well. Lots of fun stuff happening on TikTok. I've been getting a little bit more into doing some somatic dance practices, which is a little bit of an Easter egg for some future activities that are to come. That's all I'm going to say. And I didn't name us the dancing unicorns for nothing. Okay. So if you're new here, hi, my name is Anna Grace Newell. I am an Akashic Records practitioner, clairvoyant, medium, intuitive guide, and podcaster, full-time content creator, and now dance leader, dance head dancing unicorn. <laughs> so I dabble in lots of things. And if you're wondering what the heck are the Akashic Records, I get that question every single day of my life. It is connecting with a super high vibrational frequency, a high vibrational plane of unconditional love love, aka angel readings. And if you want to learn how I got started in this work, as always, check out episode number one. Today, we have a really exciting episode. And this episode is for the girls. I mean, my whole podcast is for the girls, but sometimes it's it could be for, you know, anybody. But this one is for my ladies who ever struggle with being a mom and feeling selfish. And also, now this good one, this part could be for anyone, anybody who wants to spice up their sex life. Let me tell you, Amanda Fowler, she's coming on the pod, the queen. She is the most authentic, realist creator. I never miss one of her posts. I she does a lot of vlog style. She's a mom of two littles. Her Instagram bio says full-time MILF. MILF? <laughs> Slay. I love that so much. And she just gives so much amazing advice on how to balance everything that she has going on. And it's a lot. And I know everybody listening can relate to that. Maybe you're a mom. Maybe you want to be a mom someday. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, we're all freaking busy. Okay. And Amanda just has such a great story, such a great spirit and attitude about her. And she always really challenges my perspective. Like she always asks a lot of questions and I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I've never thought about that. Like, I feel like she kind of goes deep and you're just like, yeah, I that's mm-hmm, I was thinking that too, or I want to ask that question now too. She's also an amazing podcast host. I actually went on her podcast over a year ago, and I remember being like, "Damn, she's an incredible interviewer." And now she is a podcast host with her and her husband, and it's called "What's the Recipe?" And it's all about basically formulating a recipe for success. They interview a lot of couples, and they share a lot of success that they've had in their relationship, being together for ten years and having two littles. She also has an iconic segment on her Instagram, and that's really what we kind of go into today about how to keep your sex life bomb. And it's not like the typical things that you would think like bring in tricky toys and handcuffs and blah, blah, blah. It's not. It's it's all about understanding true intimacy on an energetic level. And I'm obsessed with that because I think that not only do we need that to have like experience intimacy towards ourselves, but also towards our partner. It is so important. And she gives some really good advice that I had never heard before. And I think about it every day with Austin. I'm like, I am not going to do this thing because Amanda told me not to. And you guys will hear. So just keep listening. And also in the spirit of keeping our sex life bomb. I love that that's the title of her segment because I, of course, had to send her some of my aphrodisiac bombs as a thank you for coming on the podcast. And you guys, if you're new here, first of all, I'm off the liver detox. I am yeeting fruit and smoothies to my face. Um, I had to go 30 days without sugar for a medical (laughs) detox. And I'm so excited that it ended in perfect timing. One, because I've learned so much about how important it is to have a healthy 
balanced blood sugar. And like the timing is just too divine for this collaboration because that is literally the mantra and mission of Blender Bombs is bringing mind, body, spirit into balance. Um, Blender Bombs main function is balancing blood sugar along with having like every essential amino acid packed with superfoods. It is like the most nourishing ball that you could put in your smoothie. You blend them up. And so we paired up for the month of February to do a limited edition collab, AG University times Blender Bombs, and it's the Love Bomb. And it is, I'm not even being biased. And, and I give Blender Bombs full credit for like truly like coming up with the recipe. I just like gave my final stamp of approval. It is fucking delicious. It's so good. You could eat them by themselves. You can like crunch them up like granola over yogurt. You can blend them up in a smoothie. You can put them on oatmeal. They're delicious. They have all of our hormone balancing maca, um, lots of additives and adaptogens, right? That's like our sexual energy. That's what these blender bombs, that's why it's the aphrodisiac bomb. They're just amazing. Okay. And I love blender bombs and we love Helen. She's our queen. And this is such a good hack. If you're wanting to get your blood sugar a little bit more into balance, the reason that it's important is I've learned this because I went on a sugar detox is that one, all of my like random mood swings, reaching for random cravings, or just like eating more sugar than I needed to, gone, gone. So uh, that's another amazing thing. Like if you put a blender bomb smoothie in your life at some point in the day, you are going to be more satisfied and make healthier choices for the rest of the day because you're prioritizing your body's needs and nourishing on a soul level. So can't say enough good things about them. Also right now, love bombs. If you purchase a love bomb and there's a post on AG at Andy, at AG University Podcast Instagram, where you can comment and interact with a giveaway. You can win one 60-minute free Akashic Records reading one-on-one -on -one with me. As you guys know, my wait list has been pretty popping, but I'm opening up a spot just for my Blender Bomb girlies, anybody who tries the product, and it's limited edition. So the odds are in your favor. There's only a certain amount of people that can purchase the bomb, so only a certain amount of people that are entered into this giveaway, and Blender Bombs will be reporting all sales to me at the end of the month, and we'll just pick a name. So that's exciting. You've got a whole month to shop, to try, unless they sell out before the month, which they could, but in the meantime, you got to them. They're yummy and they're delicious. And it really is just like even divine timing for this podcast because we're talking about how to keep yourself sex life bomb. And even if you're someone that's like, I'm not having sex with anyone right now, or I'm not interested in that. Our sexual energy is so important because it's our energy of creation, creating art, creating life, creating magic in the world so that we can be our boldest, brightest, most authentic version of self. Okay. So it's amazing for every single person listening to this podcast. Alrighty. Without further ado, Amanda Fowler, the most epic content creator, vlogger, mom of two, podcast host. She does it all. She's a fellow projector in human design, and she also just really brought the heat today. So let's freaking go. Amanda, welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday to my favorite dancing unicorns. Fa -la, 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 la I am so excited to have my girl Amanda on the podcast. Amanda, welcome to AG University. I've had you on my list to reach out to you for literally a month, and I'm so happy that it's here because I've been dying to talk to you. Do you start all your podcasts like that? No. <laughs> ah, you should. I love it. I love it. I was going to say, that's amazing. But hi, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> okay. Tell us your name. Tell us your title. Tell us like, what, what are you claiming? What are you owning right now? Tell us about you. Uh, I feel like this has changed so much since 2023, but I'm Amanda. You can find me on Instagram at Mans Fowler. I was in the holistic health space for a really long time. And I was doing a lot of mindset, belief work. And then I kind of transitioned at the later half of last year into doing podcasting. Um, I've always been a podcaster. I, I like to say I've always been just 
an oversharer. I had a blog in 2015 and then I was doing things on Instagram and then TikTok and then YouTube and all the platforms. And I finally kind of stepped into the fact that I love podcasting. I love sharing with my voice. I love using my voice and I love having conversations. And so that's really where I'm, I'm, existing mostly right now is in the podcast space with my husband. We have a podcast called What's the Recipe? And my whole mission is just to empower and inspire people. I just want people to see that they can do the things that they want to do and then also find the confidence to do those things. So that's really what I'm about, but I'm, I'm mostly podcasting right now. I love that. And I want to talk more about podcasting, but I also just have to brag on you for a second because I was just telling Amanda before we got on the mic that for some reason, Instagram shows me like literally two people only. And Amanda is one of them. Like I've like never missed one of her videos. Like the algorithm just serves me Amanda and her family. I, I love it because, and you do inspire me because I've always, I keep telling myself that I need to do more vlogs, like daily vlog content. Y'all, this she freaking cranks out more vlog content and she has two small children i have no excuse like she's got her hands full and she just like slings daily vlog content and i'm locked the fuck in like every day i'm like what are they doing i'm invested like where are the kids going what kind of snacks are we making what'd you guys buy at costco and so you really do it your your content feels so authentic to me and i just want to let you know i really appreciate it because it's inspiring me because i'm like i keep having it on my list and little pings from the akashic records to do more daily vlogs and i'm like oh i see your content i'm like okay it's doable it's possible like you just like you just make everything look easy and i know it's not easy but i just wanted to know that i really appreciate your point of view <laughs> well thank you and it's funny because you're also one of the people that the algorithm serves me and i love it because you make me want to dance more i'm like fuck yeah. i need to shake some ass more but <laughs> i i love that and i think that the the vlog content you should do because we were just talking about it too i think that sometimes you know the the holistic space and the healing space and the spirituality space can feel really high level but if you just are able to see that that people who are in the spirituality space are also human and do human things on a daily basis i think that's really captivating and um, i think that you also have such a fun personality. Like I would love to see your vlogs. You need to do it. I'm going to hold you accountable. Okay. Okay. Right now on this podcast deal, handshake. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I really do. I think, I think that I, I was telling someone on the podcast recently that, you know, I do all these practices and I have all these rituals and all these tips and tricks that I share. But at the end of the day, I feel like I live a very normal life. I think people would expect me to like wake up and I'm like doing a moon dance and Austin's like levitating. And like, I think people would expect there's like all these things going on. But I'm like, it really is super simple. So I, I want to show like the simplicity to it as well, which I feel like you do. You do that really good. You're just like every single day I'm doing my best and I'm showing up. And that's really all that you can do in order to be successful. Well, and I feel like when I was being a quote unquote mindset and wellness coach, and I, I loved it and I love coaching, I will always probably go back to it in the future. But I think I was getting into the title way too much where I felt like I needed to show up as the title versus just showing up as my human self. And I feel like what people, what I've noticed people resonate more with is if they can, they can see themselves in you, if they can resonate with you and you can be relatable to them, you can change their life way more if you're relatable versus being somebody that feels a little like out of touch or feels, um, you know, superior in some way. I think that it's important to show people that 
you are on the same playing field as them because then they can also do it too. And so, I mean, I, I remember like the switch that I made where I started showing up more authentically on Instagram and like, boom, that's immediately when I started gaining followers was when I was actually trying to, or not trying, but I was actually showing up just as I am versus like, here's five mindset tips that you can do today to like change your life, which nobody fucking wants. <laughs> okay. Well, can you, can you, t- I want to go nitty grittier with that. Like, what was the switch? When were you like, okay, I'm going to vlog every day or, or what was the, like, what was the thought process? Because I, I think a lot of people get caught and just thinking about it, not doing it. Right. So I, for me, I was noticing that I, well, so I was doing coaching, but I was primarily focusing on group coaching last year. And again, this is why I also, I'm such a believer in the universe and whatever you're, you're, you're finding resistance against is probably for a reason. And there's, there's something to dig into there because I was kind of having a hard time getting clients. Like I would get on a lot of discovery calls and then I would pitch myself what the price was and people would just be so turned off or I would be posting on my social media, like, Hey, I have this new offer, you know, come grab it, come, come book a discovery call with me. And people were getting turned off. And I kind of just started to realize that I think the switch that I made was I started to listen. I started to listen to the universe and I started to listen to what people were doing, the behaviors they were showing me, what they were engaging with on social media, what they weren't. And when I I realized that, you know, my coaching wasn't really picking up and things weren't gaining traction, I was like, is my heart in this? And what I realized is it wasn't. I made a vision board last year too. And I mean, there were so many hearts on it and I didn't know why at at the time, but now looking back, it's because I think 2023 was really the year for me to follow my heart. And so what I realized was I would, I would get on coaching calls. And then, you know, as soon as I got off, instead of writing them an email, I would be like trying to post the social media content content that I wanted to to post, like the reel that I wanted to post or post the story that I wanted to post because that's where my heart was. I've always loved social media. And so I think the switch that I made was that I started listening, but I also started following my heart and being like, you know what? I don't have anything to lose. I'm so thankful that I have a husband who is supporting me and my family financially right now. I do have the wiggle room to bet on myself and see if I want to switch and and pivot and, and actually follow my dreams. And so I, I think it was just a little bit of like, you know, I'm tired of saying I want to do all these things and not actually doing these things. And it's because I was one foot in one foot out. And so once I actually was like, I'm following my heart, like everything changed. Oh, that's so good because I feel there are so many times in my life or, and I feel like anybody listening can relate where you're one foot in one foot out. And then you're like, wait, why isn't this working out for me? I'm like, because for some reason you don't want to go all in because you think you want this thing, but you, you actually don't, that's actually not what you want. You maybe just think that you want that. There's been so many times in my life I have to go back and I'm like, what do I actually want to create? How do I actually want to show up? And also it really came back to, for me is like not getting too lost in the title. Like it's very hard for me to quantify mm-hmm who I am. I'm a podcaster. I was a wardrobe stylist. I do fashion. I channel the Akashic records is niche. That's, that's niche content there. Like it's a lot of things. And so I feel like you really stripped back. Like the key is that you're like, this is the Amanda show. This is not like I have to label myself in one type of way. And that I think is why we've been so aligned lately because I have really been showing up on my platforms 
being like, this is the Anna Gray show and whatever I feel like talking about or sharing today, you're just going to get versus locking myself into this set of rules that like, okay, if I was an Akashic Records person, this is what they would talk about. Because 90% of the people don't know what the fuck the Akashic Records are, except for all my dancing unis here. Love you guys. But most people don't, you know? So like you said, it's it's getting back to, I, I really think that like making your business, anybody that's listening, whether it's social media or not, making your business is really just like you leading with the heart and not leading with a label. It's literally sales one-on-one. And I worked with a business coach last year because I, I, I had this belief that I was terrible at sales and terrible at running a business. And really there's, there was like a lot of self-sabotaging tendencies, which we can get into, but I, I worked with a business coach because I was like, I need to learn the basics. Why am I not landing these, these discovery calls? Why am I not making, you know, this money when I want to? And for me, it was, it was sales. I had to realize people buy from people. Okay. Well, if I want to, you know, have a more um, engaged social media following, I have to show people who I am because they're going to invest in the person, not the title. They're going to invest in me, not the mindset and wellness coach. And so literally you have to go back to like, okay, people buy from people. They don't buy the the program because they think that it's going to change their life. They buy your program because they know that your energy is going to be good for them. And so for me, it was really like you're saying, the, the Amanda show being the main character. And I mean, I always growing up, like I came out of the womb and it was just like my world and my whole family was living in it. Like that was what <laughs> my parents always said. And so I kind of, I think I lost that because I mean, growing up, like, you don't, you don't want to be like a self-conceited person in a way. And there's a way to be the main character without being conceited. And I think that I had this belief that like, oh, if it's about me, then it's not about the clients or it's not about the collective. It's not about helping other people. But really, if I'm prioritizing myself and showing up for myself, I'm inspiring other people to do that. And you are. That's exactly how I felt. That was why I wanted you to come on. I'm like, I've just been consuming all your content and I'm inspired by it. And and you, we got on this Zoom call before and I was like, I don't even really know what we're going to talk about, but I'm just going to let it roll because I just wanted you on. <laughs> so I, okay, I would love to talk about that a little bit deeper. You said there's a difference between being a main character or being this quote unquote self-conceited person. And I just want to flag that. I think that's a very common thing amongst women. Like I've always been, I came out of the womb and it was the Anna Gray show. I was like tap dancing. My mom said like, I mean, I was talking at like an unusual, I was like 16 months old. I'm like, Hey mom. She's like, what the fuck? How do you know how to talk? Like I was just was, I came out of the room talking, chatting, dancing, ready to go. And so, but I, I did, I had that same moments where, you know, I was in high school and college. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be like the annoying girl. Or for me, the word was always like selfish or self-centered. And so I think that's a self-sabotaging loop that a lot of women who anybody feels called to starting their own thing or, or just feels called to being seen in any type of way kind of grapples with. So with that being said, I would love to hear how you were able to kind of distinguish like, okay, what is main character energy versus this like self-sabotaging belief of it's self-centered? I think becoming a mom really allowed me to step into my selfish tendencies without any shame. Mm. I am married to a lovely man. I love him to death. He is way more selfless than me. I mean, he will make sure that everyone in the family is good. And then the neighbor across the street before he makes sure himself is good. And that's great. I, I love him for it. it. It has its, you know, its pros, right? 
and all of these things have, have their pros and cons. But for me, I'm selfish by nature. I'm always going to think of myself first. And I think I was put down a lot for that growing up because people were annoyed. But now that I'm older, I think people were just annoyed that they weren't doing that for themselves versus annoyed that I was doing that. And yeah. so becoming a mom really showed me, oh shit, if I'm not putting myself first, I am going to yell at my kids. Oh, if I'm not putting myself first, I am going to be so tired and irritable and not even want to play with them. I'm going to be tired. I don't have any energy. And so for me, I think that I really saw the evidence that, oh, being selfish allows me to show up as a better mom. And therefore being selfish is actually benefiting everyone around me. And so I think that when you can find something that shows you that this is a good way to be, and uh, it's, it's like a direct result. I think, you know, for me, the kids aspect, cause I see, I mean, I think the most important thing for kids is to, is to have a present mom, whether you can be present with them for, you know, all day or an hour or 10 minutes, kids just need like at least 10 minutes of being present. And if I'm not putting myself first, I can't even give them that. And so I think for me, seeing the direct result of, oh, when I do give myself some time to myself and then I give that to my kids, I give that presence to my kids, they are so much happier. They are so much calmer. They're not whining for attention. They're not acting out for attention. And so I was able to just see the evidence. And I think if you're somebody who maybe is around people who are putting you down for being selfish, just maybe like take an inventory, take an inventory of like, okay, what are these tendencies doing for me? What are they giving me? And then what are they giving to the, to the people around me? And, in, and, in, um, in result of that. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think too, as you were saying this, that I feel like this was a college professor or someone that told me this, how we are biologically hardwired to survive. Like we are all inherently selfish. We have to be in order to take care of ourselves and to like continue on as a species. But it's whether or not you choose to look at it through a lens of love or a lens of disgust, right? You're like, oh, but it's bad. I've been mm. taught as a woman. It's horrible to be selfish. Oh, yuck. I don't want to be selfish. And it's like, I actually had a, like one of my really good friends, she would always say that she's like, oh, I'm too selfish to blah, 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 like to do something or whatever. And I used to be like, oh man, I would like never say that out loud. But now, now that I've had like all of this inner work and inner dialogue, I'm like, no, I get it. I get why she was saying that because at the end of the day, like we are all trying to do our best, put ourselves first so that we can be the best version of ourselves for everybody else. And for anybody else listening who you know, maybe you don't have kids, but it could be anybody in your life. It could be your family members, your partner, however people are reacting when, you know, you aren't pouring into yourself. That's kind of like Amanda is saying your caliber for like knowing like, okay, I need to prioritize my own needs more because I can see how it's negatively affecting my relationship. And I feel that I, I notice that a lot with like Austin. I mean, obviously you're your husband or fiance or anybody listening significant other is the most like mirrored version of you. Like you just see things and them and you're like, Ooh, either that's something that you feel connected to or not, but either way, there is some part of you that relates to like an emotion. And I've noticed that anytime I'm needing, you know, I'm wanting more attention or I'm wanting something from Austin every single time it goes back to me going, Oh, I'm sorry, silly me. I wasn't giving myself that. I don't actually need it from you right now. 
I just wasn't, I, I have been busy. And then I go to you being like, I need this from you. Take care of me. And then he'll be like, you need that from you. I can give it to you. But that's not actually what you need. And I'm like, damn, it's so true. hundred percent. A lot of it is projecting. And I feel like you're going to notice it the most in your relationships. And I think the the dynamic is so interesting, but I think that's why self-awareness has to be involved in relationships. You have to have that self-awareness piece so that you know, okay, is this, am I projecting this feeling onto him or her and making it their responsibility? Or is this something I can give to myself? And can I do that first and then see what happens? But I think it's an interesting conversation. And I don't think enough people talk about it because again, it is taboo. Like nobody wants to be selfish, but I mean, I can't even tell you how many women, moms particularly, who are in their like 50s or maybe a little bit older, who are like bitter and spiteful because they had to be this martyr archetype for so long when that wasn't what they wanted. And, uh, you know, on the flip side, there are those mothers who are in their 50s, 60s, even older, who love their life and love their life because they actually wanted to step into that like selfless being a mother role. But I think the difference is, is one was chosen and, and the other one wasn't. And I think if there's anything that I, you know, can share for, for people, whether you're a mom or not, is like you have to advocate for what you need and what you want. You just have to. Nobody else is going to do it. And if you don't, you might go years and years and years of feeling bitter before, you know, it's just going to all explode. Oh. This is reminding me of this TikTok video. I'm going to send it to you after this conversation. I'm also going to link it in the show notes because I cannot remember the creator's name, but I saved it. Okay. So she talks all about the divine feminine principles and I, her content is jarring, but I love it because she's like, if you do this one thing, you're going to ruin your entire relationship. And I don't know if it's that dramatic, but I kind of love a hook like that because I'm I'm locked in. I'm like, what? And I do she, too. She talks about that. She talks about all, like she really does advocate for women's needs. I love it. But she's like, don't be the martyr. Don't be this angry rat in the corner that's like, I cook for you. I clean for you. I do everything. And what do you give me? Nothing. Like, it's just like the funniest concept, but it also really goes back to you talk about a lot about this too. And I, you have a whole series called how to keep your sex life bomb. And you guys got to check out her series. Cause I love it. I watch all the tips, but it's another one that like, you're like, don't nag your partner when it comes to things all day, because then you start to take on this mother role and nobody wants to fuck their mom. <laughs> Please tell us more about that. I love it. <laughs> so that was my business coach. She is such a boss ass bitch. If you want to look her up on Instagram, if you're in Denver, or I know she does virtual too. She's amazing. She's also a Reiki practitioner and she does breath work, but she, she also infuses scream screaming into it. Um, mm. it, it's amazing, but her Instagram handle is scream work, work with an E. And I worked with her and she actually worked with Lucas too, because he did a 90 days of, um, sobriety because he had an addiction to weed pretty, badly. And so he did that and then did alcohol and things like that. But, um, I, I was telling her that, you know, we were doing an inventory. She took me through, it was actually one of the most healing 
spiritual things that I've done. That's actually not even really spiritual. She took me through the whole AA kind of program where you do an inventory on 30 people, places, or things that you resent. Mm -hmm. And then from there you extract like what your part is in it so that you're, you know, making sure your side of the road is clean and you're actually aware of the things that you're doing, the behaviors that you're doing that's contributing to this resentment. And it was amazing. And so I was talking to her and I think it just came up and she's like, you cannot mother him. Or I think I was talking about how, like, you know, I, I want him to go on a spiritual journey. And I think if you're a spiritual person who's into wellness, you're probably a woman in the relationship because the women are just a little bit more ahead. The men are always just like a little bit like they're going to look at what you're doing, but they're not there yet. Yeah. And so I was like, I want Lucas to like, you know, start meditating. If he could just do this, if he could just do that. And she's like, how is your sex life? And I'm like, you know, it's okay. It's, it's fine. And she's like, you're mothering him. And if you mother him, you're not going to want to fuck him. So stop that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've never had anybody call me out of my shit like that. I was like, you are so right. I am, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old for anyone listening who isn't familiar. And I am constantly changing diapers, getting them food, saying, don't do this, Lennox. Don't do that, Alice. Don't do this. Don't do that. If I'm doing that to my husband too, where is there any room for for like sexual tension or attractiveness. It's not attractive if I feel like I have to be in this mother role. And also a big part of what I'm realizing even too through that series that I've been doing is my stress levels is a direct reflection of how often I want to have sex. And if I'm more stressed, I'm not going to want to. And so for me, if I'm stressed out about like the fact that my husband leaves his clothes on the floor of his bedside, you know, on his bedside, uh, is that, doing our relationship any good like really what is the point because the clothes are just going to stay there and he's going to pick them up eventually my husband is like the person that will be a complete tornado for a week and then do a deep clean on saturday and be like completely like neat tidy so i'm like can i live with this for a week or am i gonna let this pile of clothes ruin my sex life ruin my relationship because sex is a huge part of a relationship and you know bonding and intimacy and it's sacred. So yeah, it was a huge eye-opening moment for me. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm mothering him. And that's also why I'm not feeling like that physical attractiveness. Yeah. yeah I know you said it on the video. You're like, you don't want to fuck your kids. Okay. Nobody wants to fuck yeah, their mom. Literally. And I was like, oh damn. And I think about that. That video lives rent-free in my head because Austin is the same way. He's not a messy person. He's actually like, he kind of has more perfectionist tendencies than I am. But because I do film content every day in the house, I, I don't like there to be piles of shit like hanging from my ceiling fan. And like, can you just keep it contained? I don't care. It doesn't have to be perfect, but like he'll eat a bowl of cereal at night before we go to bed and then he'll leave the cereal bowl out like all night. And I'm just like, can you just put it in the, at least in the sink and then I will do the dishes. Like sometimes I'm like, could you just meet me halfway? But I really have been thinking, I'm like, you know what? It's just not, it's not even worth it because all it does is annoy him and it actually makes him not want to do it more. And then he's annoyed with me. Mm -hmm. And then, not, then that energy is just not sexy. It's just not, I don't even like saying mm -hmm. it. It just feels yucky. And it is so true that I, I do think it like it maybe even to like a generation above us, like got trapped in this loop of just like mothering and martyrdom. Is that even a word? Martyr, martyrdom. <laughs> I think it is actually. Martyr. They, it's, it, it, there is a dumb in there. I know that. Yeah, there, there is something. I think they get trapped in this loop and then you wake up one day and you're like, your husband is like, you're fucking annoying. 
like, it's just like whenever some, anytime my mom yells at me to do something, I'm like, can you just stop? And most of the time I'm really not going to do it right then anyways. So I'm like, you're just yelling at yeah. me and I'm annoyed and I don't find you attractive. No. Now I'm not saying we, you know, we need to have some cleanliness, but you guys get what I'm saying. <laughs> but I, I have to add too, I think that for me, whenever I notice that I'm nagging at my husband about the clothes or not doing a chore, it's because I'm not doing a chore. Like it's, it goes back to that projecting thing. It's literally because I feel like I have a mountain of a to-do list that I'm not tackling. And so I want to get it done. So I feel like I need to put some of the tasks on him when it's not his responsibility. And if I just maybe cross one thing off the list and what I've noticed is if I want to nag, but I don't say anything. And instead I just go and give him a hug gone, gone. I don't feel like I need to say it anymore because I forget how much we actually do need physical touch and how that's so regulating to my nervous system. And so that's the tip. I feel like so many people are like, okay, well, how do you just not, you know, nag on him? Or how do you not tell him to do these things? And I'm like, go give him a hug, go give him a hug. Changes it. It does change the energy. I agree. Sometimes I really do feel like you have to create these rituals of connection or intimacy, even if it's just giving a hug, even sometimes when you're just like, I'm feeling very mad because it really does change the game. I mean, it releases actual happy chemicals in our head. And then when we're both feeling a little bit happier, a little bit lighter, then some of the things that we need to accomplish are going to get done. And I love what you're saying about how you're projecting. It's like, you need to do those things. And I, then some like, same with me, like I need to clean up because I need to film a vlog yet. I'm going to yell at Austin for him to clean up. He's like, bitch, I'm not filming a vlog. What? Why are you yelling at me? I'm also working, you know, like, yeah, he's like, uh, yeah. So anyways, I think that I always really try on here to provide examples with like how we project on the partners and how they're, everyone is a mirror pushed out, but it's such a like slippery thing to explain do you know what I'm saying it's hard to explain the like mm -hmm. mirror concept do you have any any way that you can shed some light on that how everyone mirrors our behavior or our projections at some point yes I think that was my biggest thing in 2023 too as I even through that inventory I I feel like my biggest mirrors aren't even my husband it's my mom and my brother mm. and these are the two people that like get on my nerves the most or just like we butt heads the most mm -hmm. or I have something to say about like I just am like bothered by sometimes and I think it was the biggest thing of 2023 for me to notice and I think what I would say to that is mirrors I think what what mirrors really are is there, it's a reflection, but really what it is, it's showing you the behavior. It's like showing your shadows. It's showing you the behavior that you have that is causing a reaction in that person. So if there's like an energy about a, about a person, it's so important for you to ask yourself, well, what energy am I bringing into this? Or what is the behavior that I'm showing up with? And so I think that, you know, it helps you identify where you're, I don't want to say in the wrong, but like, where you're um, also having a hand in like this maybe negative energy or whatever the energy is. It could be a great energy too. Um, and I just think that it it speaks to energy. It speaks to how every interaction is, it takes two to tango. And I think it, it can be tricky if, I, I think it sounds a little bit more like high level than it needs to be because I think it can be um, tricky because I don't think you want to go into every single interaction 
-hmm. being like, okay, this person's a mirror to me. What is it going to show me about myself? But I think what (laughs) is important is if you're finding, if you're finding that there's like resentment or there's like a lot of negativity in, in a, in a conversation with somebody, that's when you want to dig in and be like, okay, let me just take a step back and see what's happening. And I think for me, what I realized is that where my brother and I were butting heads and he doesn't know all this stuff. This is just like things that I've worked through on my own. Um, where we were butting heads a little bit was I have, I have like fear for him and he has fear for me. And he has this energy of like, I want to live my life. How are the fuck I want to live my life? And I have this energy of, I want to live my life. How are the fuck I want to live my life? Mm. But when he was telling, like when he was projecting his fear onto me, I was like, why are you doing this? Because I'm just going to live my life how I want. Why can't you just accept it? But I was doing the same thing to him. I was like judging the way that he's living when like, I, you know, it, it just, it's, that's the perfect example of a mirror is like, how can you see that you guys are literally doing the same thing to each other? And that's where you get to acceptance. So I think it, it's helpful when it's, again, a situation where there's maybe like headbutting or conflict or negative energy is seeing what like what your part is in it and how you can come to an an understanding and an acceptance through like empathizing with that person because they're probably feeling the same way as you that was what changed my relationship with my mom completely and I have a I I have like a really great mom she did everything like I've all of my needs were met I have a great mom my parents have been happily married for 40 years I don't have shit to complain about just to preface same I always feel I always feel bad like I'm not trying to dog her but uh, we could not get along because we are very strong people, both of us. Like my dad yep. and my sister are the same. Me and my mom are the same. Like we just are very strong people. We're going to do what we want to do. Sorry, this like pink fuzz is flying in my face. We're going to do what we what we want to do. And I realized as I got older that all of the things that annoyed me about her, things that she told me that I was like, why would you ever say that to me? Blah, 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 blah. That a lot of that was just like her own insecurity. And then I started to actually feel bad for her. Like, oh, that's so sad that you've never, you know, experienced true self-love, right? You were critical of yourself, which then turned into being critical towards me when ultimately like you just want to protect me so that I am you know, feel worthy of love because you didn't feel that way, which I know, like you said, you don't want to go into any, you don't want to go into every interaction being like, what is this person going to mirror to me? But I think it's the people that are the closest to you, like your mom or somebody that you can't cut out. And you're like, okay, I've got to see this through a different lens. That's when the mirror theory really comes in. Cause you're like, you do have to take ownership of your own actions and you have to take ownership being like some part of them lies in me. There is a, there is a piece of me that I don't like about that you know, that I'm seeing right now. And I've got to make peace with that. Do you have a relationship with your grandma or your mom's mom? So I did. And you know, my mom's mom is the one that's a medium and, but she passed a while ago. So when I was mm. like, cause my mom had me when she was almost 40, like, right. Like her birthday is like five days before me. So 40. Um, and yeah, so my grandmother passed when I was like seven or eight, I believe. So yes, I had a relationship with her, but I will say she's the one person that I like anytime I need spiritual support that I call on is my mom's mom, my grandma. Mm. We call her big mom. <laughs> oh, I just got chills. I, I say that because it's funny. I think that mother daughter relationships are so interesting. And then I think grandma and granddaughter relationships are also so interesting because I always find that mother daughter and rela- relationships are like hard but then like the 
the granddaughter and grand and daughter what is it the grandma and granddaughter relationship is always like amazing and it's like what the fuck <laughs> like yeah. I think that if I look at my mom and like some of the trauma or you know the the things that have shaped her into being the way that she is with her fears and insecurities and whatever is definitely from my grandma but my grandma is also the most accepting like understanding person to me so it's interesting how that like skips a generation but I think that and, and again, I think sometimes it, it might piss her off because I'm like, my grandma's my best friend. Like, what are you talking about? That's my bitch. Like, I love her. And my mom's like, of course, like we butt heads. But then you're like best friends with my mom, who was like, you know, great as a mom, but also like terrible in some ways, too, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like it's so interesting, these mother daughter relationships that it's not really talked a lot uh, about a lot. Did you read? Um, I'm glad my mom died. No. Have you never by Jeanette McCurdy? Uh-uh. Tell me about it. Do you, so you know, um, uh, this is her name Sam on iCarly. She was the blonde girl on iCarly. Yes. So she, I haven't read it yet, so I can't speak on it. But she, um, wrote a book called "I'm Glad My Mom Died" because her mom was like Sam or um, Jeanette McCurdy was a child actress, and mm-hmm. so her mom was kind of like Mommy Dearest, like just so awful to her gave her an eating disorder like all of these things terrible 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 to her her and then she died and then she wrote this book and so I'm so fascinated to read it um and again I um, my experience with my mother is not this way at all my mom is amazing and she was a great mom but I just think that the mother-daughter relationship needs to be explored because there is a lot there that people don't really talk about and I think there's this notion too that I mean, you asked me if I wanted a third kid and I've always, I've always wanted to have a boy and a girl. I just want to experience what it's like to have, to raise both. And I think there's a part of me that's terrified to raise a girl or to have a daughter. And that's probably why I'm a boy mom is because I think that everyone you talk to, it just says like, oh, girls are hard. Girls are hard. They're like really hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are we saying this? Because raising a child is hard just in general, but I'm, I mean, that's the the consensus among everyone. So it's just interesting. Oh, it's so interesting. I, I want to validate. I feel like everybody has that experience with their grandmother or someone else in the family. It's like, I love them. And then your mom's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah. um, I've heard the title of that book because it is so jarring. Like, I'm happy my mom died. And you're like, what? But I do think mm-hmm. that, as you say, there is so much that can be explored. Even when I went home over Christmas break, I did my mom's human design chart. And my favorite, my favorite hot tip for everybody listening is to look at the life theme, which is like your soul's purpose kind of button. I feel like that one doesn't get enough hype. And my Mm -hmm. mom's was to knock people into alignment by pointing out what's wrong. And I was like, uh, yep, that's... (laughs) I was like, that's it. Because my, my mom is like the fastest to tell me like, that's a terrible idea. No, no, no. You know, but like, I know that yeah. she, you know, on some way I'm like, well, that's her soul's purpose is to like kind of bring me back to reality. But on the off chance, sometimes she is not right. And sometimes my ideas are correct. And we just really butt heads. But mm-hmm. I think that one, doing your mom's human design chart, that's healing in itself. Because I really learned about a lot about my mom. And I was like, Oh, I feel kind of bad for her. Like she really, she lives inside of like a freaking um, prison in her mind. Because <laughs> it's just like, harsh, like she's just very, like harsh. But she also like, that was kind of how her career like made her really successful, because she was able to like, really 
kind of be innovative and create new ways of doing things based off of things being wrong with the system. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, but also it was very tricky to be her daughter and also to be someone that came out as like a pink fluff ball that just like wants to exist. (laughs) She's like, hold up, wait a minute. (laughs) What? I mean, what was her, uh, human design type? She is, um, the same as me, which is a one, three, Establisher of knowledge and truth, except she's a manifesting generator and I'm a projector. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I think human design is so interesting and I think it would even be really cool to do like a reading for a mom and a dad or a dad, a mom and a daughter, because I think it could be really healing, like you're saying, but that's why I love human design. I mean, human design has helped me understand uh, not even just about myself, but I think the piece that people miss when they're explaining human design is it, it helps you understand how you interact with the world, which is hugely important. And I think when it, when it comes to relationships, I mean, if there's anything I've learned in the last six months, like relationship building is everything. Your relationships and who you surround yourself with is literally the ticket or the downfall to your success. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, understanding my human design also helps me understand the world around me better and how I interact with people. And then when I know somebody else's human design, I'm like, Oh, okay. Now we're rocking. Like I, now I get you. And I think it's just such a helpful tool. So helpful. I I will say it till I'm blue in the face. Everybody listening, you have to download the My Human Design app. Neither Amanda nor I are affiliated. I always say I should be and I'm pissed about it, but I'm not, but it's My Human Design app. The my part is important because there's a bunch of human design in the app store. There's a free version, but I have the paid version. Is that what that's what you use too, right? My human design app. No, so I have but the, I so I would read a lot of charts. So I use this other software that's free. So if anybody is listening oh, and they cool. do want like a free version and they want to do their own um, research, it's mybodygraph.com and you just put in your information and it'll tell you. But I also recommend there's a book I can I can give you the link to it Anna Grace because I think it's helpful for people to to read it it's very thorough and breaks everything down um so I would just go to mybodygraph.com and then use the book in tandem and I would read it through there uh, but I think human design that's why I always suggest people get go get a reading like go have somebody actually break it down for you because it can get a little jargony and a little complex to look at and the somebody once told me I was, so do you know, um, Sahara Rose? Yes. So I did her Dharma coaching Institute last in 2022. And uh, I, or maybe it was 2023. I don't remember, but we had a whole thing on human design and they were talking about it and how that information was literally channeled by this like random man. His name was Ra Uru Ra. It was just like channeled. So all of the language is a little weird and and it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's super jarring. Sometimes it's like, I don't really resonate with that, but it's just the language that it was channeled through. And so when you can have somebody actually articulate like what all these things mean and apply it to like how you feel, that's when you can really use it to your advantage. I definitely can confidently say out of all the readings that I've done, human design has always been the one that's most successfully resonated. I actually can oftentimes channel people's like I typically know what their human design is before I even sit with them or meet them just because it's so um just like so obvious in their Akashic record so I guess for me well I was gonna say to you 
even did I tell you that I was a projector? Because when we first got on, you're like, oh, yeah, we're both projectors. And I was like, did I tell you that? I don't even know. I just knew that. So maybe I just knew yeah. that. I don't know. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> I'm like, I do watch your content, but I don't know. I, I just know you're a projector. So I, I just, I just yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just know. Um, but yes, the mother daughter wound, uh, it really all goes back to, I do believe that generation has like this martyrdom, which we still don't know if that's a word, but I'm going with it. I think it's and a I word. Feel, I feel like our generation is here to like flip the narrative and, step into this ownership of being like, it's okay to be selfish. I had such a breakthrough last year of being like, it's okay to be selfish. I'm allowed to do things that I enjoy and I don't have to make my identity, you know, Austin's fiance, wife, whatever. Like I I'm allowed to be my own person. And I feel like that goes back to one of your, how to keep your sex life spicy tips was like really staying like you're being your own person. It's like the number one thing. Oh my gosh, you have to. I think that so many people, I mean, here's the thing, whenever you're in a long-term relationship and you're raising kids and you have your own careers and there's all these different schedules and things that you're doing and activities, sometimes you can start to feel like roommates. Like it just happens. And that's not a bad thing. Like, I think that's so normal for life to get into in the way I think people have this weird idea that like my relationship has to be first or my kids always have to be first or and it's not it's not so rigid like that it doesn't have to be so black and white like sometimes your career is gonna take precedent sometimes your relationship is gonna take precedent sometimes your kids it's gonna ebb and flow and so I think for for us you know I, one thing that I had to realize was so helpful was seeing my man be with his friends is so attractive to me. And if that means that he's like not going to be having some quality time with me, that's fine. Because when he comes back, like I'm going to be so much more attracted to him and it's better for us because he gets that confidence of, Oh, this is who I am. And my, uh, Lucas is a, a five one profile and the five line are people who live in a projection field. So it's funny. Anytime I ever ask him, how would you describe yourself? He will always say, well, my friends would describe me as this. He mm. never says, I think I'm this. It's always, I think my friends would say, if you ask my friends, and so it's all about what people think of him. That's what, how he believes to be true about himself. That's mm. how he identifies. And so when he's around people that are good, genuine people that make him feel so lit up, he is that energy. And that's why I love it so much because I'm like, wow, you are actually the truest version of yourself when you're with your friends. So go be with them and then come back to me. And like, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so important. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is because I, well, I think what you were saying too, is that people have this sort of false belief system, like how you said, everything is going to ebb and flow. And I think people put a lot of pressure on their sex life. First of all, way too much pressure that like, if it has to look this certain way, or like you said, there's going to be times where you feel like roommates or, you know, I know Austin and I don't have small children, obviously Zane is 12, but I know when you have small children, everyone's like, it's, it's a little harder. Okay. You, you've got people and little people around you all the time. You're not like, there's not this like spontaneity in your sex life. Like there once was, cause there's like little tiny humans watching. So anyways, all that being said, I think people put a lot of pressure on it. So you posted something the other day about how much it ebbs and flows, which I think people need to hear. I went on a retreat recently and this girl was talking about one of her friends. She's like, 
she like has this crazy rule where she like will not go longer than a week. Like even if they're traveling, she won't even be away from her husband longer than a week because she feels like she, they can't go longer than one week without having sex. And I'm like, see, that's like, that's your, that's crazy. Like I'll travel for three weeks and I'm like, I'm out of town. Like I just think that feels like a codependency issue. (laughs) it, It does. But I'm just saying, I do think everybody has like a foggy, relationship with what it actually looks like to be in a healthy intimate relationship everybody has their shit everyone does and let me just say too I think the conversation of pressure is important because I I used to struggle with binge eating and overeating and then like yo-yo dieting like literally just going from one diet to the next being restrictive and then binging and so for me when people ask me how did you heal from your distorted relationship with food and and fitness it was literally me I took the pressure off of it I think when there's pressure and there's stress and there's a tension on certain things that's when it becomes an issue versus if you kind of just put your focus on other things and get some type of fulfillment other and from other places it goes away and that's Mm -hmm. the same thing with like sex too is if you're finding that like you're constantly thinking about how shitty your sex life is. Like it's not going to get better because you're constantly thinking about the the shitty sex life and you're putting that pre- It's like, the, it's, it's not even like, like, uh, pre- it's just like how I, how I imagine it is like this pressure on top of it. And so I think that for anyone listening to, whether it's sex, whether it's eating, whether it's whatever, like sometimes you just, stress causes more harm. We know that stress is the root of all disease. So if you're putting so much stress on one thing, maybe just like pump the brakes for a second, go do something else, go focus on something else. And I guarantee you're going to come back to it and you're going to be like, Oh, that actually doesn't hold as much weight as it used to. Mm, Not quite as heavy. You know, I channeled through this analogy or metaphor from the Akashic records a while ago, and it exactly articulates what you just said perfectly. It's like, think about it. If you fall down or Linux, Linux falls down and busts his little knee, you know, what are, what are we going to do if we have like a little wound? You're going to kiss it and you're going to say, Oh, I hope it feels better. Love you. Whatever. You're not going to stare at it all day, every day and be like, heal, get better, faster, heal, heal. No, you just like look away and you look down and take the bandaid off and it's gone. Right. It's like, you don't think about it. Our natural state is like healing. Shit's working out, but it, we stop it from working out when we obsess and put pressure on it, then it can't. But it's like, if you have a cut on your arm, you put a bandaid on it and you forget about it. And then you go back and it's healed. We have so many wounds in our life that we love to poke. We love to prod. We love to pour salt in them. No, Anna Grace, literally, this is me and my eczema. I feel like it was the, the most, I mean, the, the most thought that consumed my mind for months. And I swear and the last week when I said, no, I'm not putting my antibiotic ointment on. I'm just trying to do this shit naturally. And I stopped thinking about it or constantly checking it, it started to heal. And I was like, Oh, and it's funny. Cause like the second I start posting about the eczema, everyone's like, try this, try this, try this. And I'm like, actually, I just like did a visualization meditation last night that I was healing. And then I stopped thinking about it and it's like already healing. So it's like, <laughs> it's wild how much your mind really does contribute to your health and your well being. It- it's, I mean, it's everything. I always say any type of disease, illness, chronic, I, whatever 
whatever we were just talking about this before we got on the mic anything a doctor's ever told us oh you won't be able to heal that you're like you can you just can the body is always healing i don't care what anybody says or what anybody tells you i've been doing joe dispenza meditations every morning and i i like i go in and out with him like when i need them or um i also love superhuman it's like more of a feminine energy are you familiar with superhuman app i i've heard of, of that app but i haven't used it yeah. It's like, it's kind of like the same type of work, but it's, it's my friend Mimi who's got like way more feminine energy. So sometimes I like being in feminine, but some Joe is Dr. Joe is like, yells at you. He's like, feel it. Come on, heart breathe. And you're like, Oh, okay. But like, sometimes I kind of need that. You know, I kind of need like a kick in the pants. <laughs> and I, I think I need that more often than the feminine, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just depends on my mood, but I have, I have both, but I am in a phase of being like, okay, I really want to clear out my systems and like visualize. And it is just so crazy. Like I had this like really crazy shoulder tightness. Like I carry a lot of tension in my shoulders. I did a meditation yesterday. It was a 20 minute meditation. It was no big deal. And I visualized literally like it was like a pressure thing. It was like, I was putting pressure on myself to do all these things. And I visualized just like these like hands, just like releasing and just like letting go of like the, like the pressure on my shoulders. I woke up today, no fucking shoulder pain. Like for the first time in two months, like no tightness. I've been getting a massage once a week for at least a month or two now. Just gone. Just visualized it away. I was like, what the fuck? I've spent like a thousand dollars on these shoulders. No, it's, it's, it's so crazy how it really does work. And it's funny. I'm laughing so hard at how you were imitating Joe Dispenza. Cause he really is. He's like, feel it. Okay. Can you tune into the energy? Like, yeah. Yes, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think like the be- best example of that for me was giving birth. Because mm. I had a C-section with my first and then I did a V-back. I did a vaginal with my second. And I loved my birth experience. I did hemorrhage the second time, which was scary, but it still was a really good birth experience. And I did it natural. I My water broke at like 3.30. I went to the hospital, got there at like 8 p.m. was when I started getting into like active later, labor. 1 a.m. I started pushing and he was out at 1.51 and literally the pushing was the hardest part. The contractions, I kid you not, people think I'm crazy for this. And I don't even mean to like talk about this in a way to like pat my own back, but I did not feel pain, like literally did not feel pain. And I think it was because I was in such a headspace I've never been in in my entire life. I had the birth playlist, you know, prepared. I had the essential oils prepared, the, the acupressure, all the things. I did not want any of it. I just needed silence and maybe Lucas to hold my hand like every now and then. But like, if he touched me, I couldn't do it. If people were talking, I was like, shut up, stop talking. If the music was on, I was like, turn it off. Can't, can't. Like, I didn't want to touch it. I didn't want anything. I just wanted to be in my breathing and in the zone. And I think because I was in such a strong mindset, no pain. It was Mm. wild. I am obsessed with that because I want to do a natural birth so badly. I think about it all the time. It's actually really weird how I get excited about that. And I just really believe that I can do it. But I I, I don't know. I guess I haven't had a lot of positive <laughs> examples. Like people are like, it's the worst pain ever. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to hear that. Shh, not me. <laughs> I'm a unicorn. <laughs> no, it's it's really. I mean, because here's the thing. I mean, women have been having natural births for 
the fucking beginning of time. Like, this is not a new concept. It's not like a taboo. It's it's weird that it's taboo now because mm. it's not. It was it was never taboo. And so it, your your body was designed for it, meaning like your body pumps out so many different hormones and chemicals while you're doing it, like adrenaline, oxytocin, that act as natural painkillers. And so truly, like, yes, it was uncomfortable. You know, the contractions aren't fun, but were they painful? No, like I cannot even sit here and say that it was painful. It was just more so uncomfortable. And so whenever people are, you know, talking about their birth plans and their negative birth plans, I'm like, I promise you it wasn't painful. Like I promise, because I don't want people to have that negative connotation of birth because it, it really is like this transformative time. It's such a portal if you allow it to be. And I think that, you know, here's the thing too, if somebody asked me, well, what, what would you do for your third? Would you get a C-section or do a vaginal again? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. C-section sounds kind of nice, but that's only because I hemorrhaged. But honestly, I think like the, the natural birth was such an experience that I wish all women get to do if they have the opportunity to, and they're in the right health to do so. And it works out, obviously, whatever, whatever happens is, is meant for you. But I think that I, I just wish everyone gets to experience that because now, like I go to the gym with my husband and we're doing planks and I mean, I work out, but I don't, I'm not like hitting it every day. Cause it's just kids. And you know, I'm holding a longer plank than him. And he's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, I've given birth and at the, like naturally. And at this point, there's nothing like there's no limit there's no ceiling for me there's nothing that you know I can't do because I've done what people say you can't do or like I've I've put my body in such crazy experiences that I know I'm resilient enough to overcome them mm. and you are <laughs> you're a star I actually wanted to ask you that I, I would be so curious to know how you gave birth or what your plan was, because I do feel like you have this like unmatched mindset and it's really inspiring to me because that's how I feel. I'm like, when I, when I went on my second date with Austin, he was like, we were, I don't even know why we were having this conversation, but he was like, I think it'd be so cool to, for you to do a water birth. And I was like, what an odd thing to say on our very early on date, but he was like, he was always from the beginning. He's like, we're going to get married. And I was kind of like, okay. Yeah. Um, and, but now it's so funny because he's always had such foresight because I didn't know anything about water births at that time of my life. I was just not thinking about it. And now I'm like, it makes perfect sense because I'm a mermaid and I live in the ocean. And like, I would just love to do a water birth. And I, but you know, I think you have those mindsets where it's just such a foreign concept until you do it. You're like, what would that even be like? So thank you for sharing. You your know, experience. I'm so I'm so fucking jealous that you live in, near the ocean. Like, I, I think I saw one of your reels where you were talking about how your ritual before you do readings is going to the beach and you just, I'm so jealous. It's so nice. You got to come back. You got to come visit me in Florida. <laughs> I know. I know. I really need to. Um, okay. My computer is about to die or else I would talk to you for six more hours. So <laughs> Amanda, please tell everyone where they can find you, where they can watch your vlogs and keep up with all of your fun, crazy life that I'd love to watch so much. This was so fun, first of all, but okay. You can find me on Instagram at Mans Fowler. So that's M-A-N-D-S Fowler. I'm the same on TikTok. And then also my husband and I have a podcast. What's the recipe podcast? It's what's the recipe with a question mark. And so we're just what's the recipe pod on Instagram and on TikTok. And really our whole mission is to 
interview people on their unique recipes to success, whether it's in career or relationships. I think we're both really fascinated by how people are power couples or how people built something from the ground up and really highlighting that there's not one singular recipe. There's not one singular way of doing things. And so we just want to make that accessible information to people and inspire and empower, like I said. So that's kind of the best way to find me and support me right now. Um, We did just launch some merch. We're doing some hats and I so we're going to drop that soon so i'm so excited about it i'm my um 26th birthday is january 28th and we're going skiing in keystone and so i i texted my my group chat for everyone who's going and i was like guys i'm creative directing a uh what's the recipe photo shoot for our new hat in the snow it's going to be awesome so everybody stay tuned for that because i'm excited oh that's going to be so good i can't wait to see it i'm i'm locked in congratulations and happy birthday thank you <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. And I just love you so much. I love you. This was so fun. Bye. As always, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, AG University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me, my scheduling link goes out in my newsletter. It goes out once a month and it's completely free. I would love to have you there. As always, I'm a proud professor and you get an A plus for making it all the way through the end. Love you.